With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to the dive bar of the IWC. Welcome to Wrestling on the Rocks. We are at WOTR the show. I am at Raf Marsh. Tonight on episode one, again, we're doing the fourth annual first ever Boozy Awards again with Miss Amanda Jane. Hi, all. It's one of those uh, not so serious uh, moments in our show of episode one. I think, no, this is my first episode. This is my second one. So, yay. I don't, I don't remember I how think many our... we actually had. I just thought I would give it a number. Next year, we'll probably do the sixth annual or something. Okay. Or we're on the 27th annual. Yeah. We'll and... just jump around. We'll go up and then back down. 
There you go. Like, because we yeah. don't know. I mean, honestly. Yeah. But I will say this this is probably better than that Sports Illustrated rank we saw. Probably better than um, anything Dave Meltzer is going to um, give stars to at Wrestle Kingdom. So, yeah. Well, we're we honest. We're honest. We make it up as we go. We do what we want. We give it to who we want. And we also accept bribes if you're willing to. Yeah. That's why ours. That's why ours matters because we're honest. They try to pretend there's people voting and the votes don't matter. Yeah. Like I don't, we don't get anything from this. Okay. Like if, for example, I was given like, I don't know, like when AEW's in Phoenix, you would think like Marsh might get like, I don't know, front row hard cam tickets and be in the back to do a media thing or two because, you know, he's actually media. And I feel like we're responsible for, mm, I'd say, mm, I'll, I'll, I'll keep it low. I think we're responsible for about 70% of that show and some of the booking. Yeah, probably. But, you know, who knows? Yeah, I don't see why not. The can't see why not with it. But, you know, yeah. So bribe away mm. if you want to. And Yeah. Yeah. Just in time coming through saying cheers, my friends. Ironic because I asked him if he wanted to be on the boozies and he never got back to me. So there it goes in the chat taunting us. But cheers to cheers to just in time. What's in your glass, man? What do you got? I am trying. This is a brand new one from our friends at I wish my thing. I need a green screen. Our Golden State Cider, my friends, with the lovely otter on the can. This is a limited edition cider called Radical Guava. And let me just tell you, I took a sip while uh, the intro was coming on. Wow. It's nice. Yeah. Very nice. It's like you hit, you hit the guava and then all of a sudden you get slapped in the face with an apple. Kind of cool. That's awesome. That sounds really good. Mm -hmm. And I'll have a Coke slush because, you know, I have to have some kind of slush at some point. It wouldn't be a boozies without it. Um, We're having a... And I mean, this is like imported, so there's no English on it. Oh, well, it almost looked like you had a tag from like TJ Maxx on there. No, that's uh, from Customs or whatever. It's Importado 2017. It says it's um, Ron Zacapa. Centenario Sistema 23 Solaria. It won the awards. There's little awards on it and stuff. Holy shit. Holy shit. Ron Zakapapa. Z A C A P A. Oh, it's like it's it's like if a Canadian wrote it. Z A C A P A. Yeah. It's got a number two Solaria on there, so I think it's the year on there. But there's no English on here. It says Grand Reserva. I mean, it's very good. It is a rum that we like to sip on once a year or so. And uh, we're having it's a special occasion. It's a black tie affair, as we say here at the Boozies in the Single Malt Studios of Episode 1. I see you dressed up. uh... I did. I did, you know, the shirt, I was trying to debate on what shirt. I was thinking about, let's wear my suzuki Goon shirt, but I couldn't find it. Because, yeah. you know, very historic last week. So this but one was age 23 years, she found out. No, 6 to 23 is their age. Yeah, but this one says 23 on it. Oh, yeah, and as far as America goes, you can't put a year except for the youngest. Mm. 
So if you have a blend that's got six-year scotch, 12-year scotch, and 18-year scotch, you have to call it a six-year blend. You can only refer to those the smallest number. So this one's saying 23 is that. It also says from Guatemala. Producto de Guatemala. This is very good. Sorry. Are you like giving us a lesson on scotch and whatever and yeah it's a ship. Yeah. only here because we're classy yeah. no this is my um my all-in shirt that i bought at all in eleven thousand two hundred and sixty three. i was one of them that's awesome also what's her face's husband topanga he had his bachelor party that was his bachelor party was going to fucking all all out all in excuse me John Mayer was one of these. Macaulay Culkin was one of those in the front row. And then there was me. That's good. No figure. So cheers to Janella for almost killing me. Thank you for the fucking cracker barrel. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers to Janella, who is going to be at that Phoenix show we've been talking about. And it sounds like you're not going to be able to make it, but I'm still going to go. So that's a bummer. No, I hate my family because these are all my people. Like, this is like a show that's made for me because why? It's got like some of my favorite people in the world on this show. Wow. Fucking love Eddie Kingston. Yeah. I love because yeah. we you're not going to see Eddie Kingston the bitch because Mark has to do that shit. Yeah. But you get Colt. Hello. Yeah. You get Janella. Cool. Hello. Mm-hmm. All he needs now is Flip Gordon, Marty Squirrel, and if that happens, I'm gonna I'm gonna kill my family. I'm gonna abandon them. And yeah. Mom, just- you do this. Just tell them you can't do it. Say, hey, I don't do Christmas the a year late. You know, True. say, hey, all Christmas stuff's already down. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Justin Time does say, uh, lessons in booze with Ref Marsh. Sign me up for that class. That was originally at one point. That's what producer lady wanted me to do with our TikTok. Just like break down cigars and booze. I might. Only if you got freebies. It's a town in Guatemala? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, but yeah all right well andrew tate got arrested so did his brother but the big news dragon lee got signed by wwe right on the heels of winning the triple a tag team championships off of ftr (laughs) was a lot they win it and then as he wins it he announces he gets the mic and says i'm going to wwe triple h retweets it and says he's going to be great in NXT and all that. A lot of people getting a lot of play on that. But also, didn't Tay and Sammy drop their titles there as well? Mm-hmm. So. so, some speculation I saw, and I wanted to get your take on it, was they may be dropping all the AEW talent associated with AAA, so AAA can work more closely with WWE. But I thought AAA was going to be working with AEW. Maybe that's not going very well. Maybe not. Well, wouldn't surprise me. But I will say that um, WWE and Luchadors don't do too well. It's a tough. There's a reason why Bandito didn't sign with them because they were heavily interested in Bandito, from what I know. And um, Bandito was on the fence. His wife convinced him no. Smart lady. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. So I have this feeling, and I'm going to call it now. So you guys remember this. When we look back, I'll say, you know what? On episode one, I called this. 
Um, one of Dragon Lee's things, like one of his first things is I'm pretty sure he's going to be wrestling Axiom and Axiom is going to become unmasked. I'm calling this right now. I feel That'd it. be cool. That'd be a great way mm -hmm. to do that, actually. I feel it. I feel it. Now, here's the other thing with Dragon Lee. Okay, first of all, fans over in the Bay Area who um, go to King of the Indies were like, oh, I guess he's not going to win again this uh, in 2023. <laughs> but the problem with him is he doesn't like to lay for people. And he's going to have to get a little humble over in WWE land. Okay. Sure. I mean, this but... is a man who injures a lot of people, you know, and... I think that he's not going to be one. He's not going to the main roster right away because it's like uh, it took a long time for like Cameron Grimes should have been down in NXT for as long as he's been. He was there. No one says he's going to the main roster. Triple H said he's starting in NXT. Like that's not that's a non. Well, I know issue. because he needs to. And a lot of no, but a lot of people are saying he should go to the main roster. And I'm like, no, oh, this no. is the guy that fucking almost killed Hiromu Takahashi. And ended his career. He's injured so many people that he's not a safe worker. So you got to learn to work safe. So he he you know he needs it despite his ego. He needs it. So it'll be very interesting to see what happens. But I, I think, think Axiom is going to get unmasked via Dragon Lee. It'll be a great match, but that I think is is on the horizon. That's on the agenda. I think that'll be good. I also think it's funny that uh, people were saying when he got unmasked in uh, AEW and I said it was a really weird spot and it was awfully done and it's clearly not some angle. It's Andrade just being a dick. And then a few people even in our chat were like, they're clearly building towards an angle. They're clearly doing something. That was just the beginning of it. And not only did they never revisit it on TV, but now he signed with a different company. I also wonder, do you think that there's a part of Dragon Lee that is signing to WWE because Andrade is an AEW and they don't get along, obviously. No. Uh, I think with Dragon Lee, um, because his brother, Roosh, I mean, they, it, ROH rolled out the carpet for, for Roosh. They kind of did, but not really with Dragon Lee. It's because he is difficult. And sometimes when you have that stigma, you're not wanted because he's not like a draw. Like, you know, other people, you know, they're a draw, but they're miserable people. So it's rather, do you want a draw because who's miserable and you have to suck it up? Or you want this guy who's just miserable and really not going to do too much for you? I think that's Dragon Lee's case. Maybe. I think that there's uh, every possibility that by protecting himself for sake of argument, mm -hmm. uh, by protecting himself and his persona and his win-loss record that he had higher tier matches because he wasn't losing and such, that I think that potentially it could have gotten him on the radar that other people maybe didn't, didn't um, weren't able to be on that same radar. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. If you're just out there jobbing everybody on the indies, they may or may not well, take the interest of you. That's what I mean. He didn't do that. Exactly. That's the thing. He didn't job. No. That's my point. Um, yeah. But is also, that by protecting himself, he could have raised his value, his stock. Mm -hmm. Well, also, you have to radars. figure that Roosh is 
kind of dead in the water because Andrade never came back and they were pushing La Faccione the Inglobo Nobles hardcore. And I think that that's a big thing. Now, also... Um, just putting the fact oh. up about the booze on the screen here. It's a lot to read, so I'm just going to leave it up there while we talk so people can oh, read wow. it if they're in the, in the chat. I was like, uh, that's only female cool. blender for the rum. Yeah. Nice. But, or few female. But I will say, I think that that it that's really kind of a mystery and really Dragon Lee really didn't fit in that that wasn't his thing anyway so I'm wondering if some of this has to do with you know obviously I think Tony's more interested in working with New Japan than AAA maybe yeah I don't know yeah okay. uh the only other thing I was going to talk about before we get into the boozies was oh. uh there's some Go birthdays. Go ahead, do them then. And there's some good ones. So as we wrap up the year and start a new year, there's a lot of people passing that, passing around the sun. So um, got to say some happy birthdays to some really great people. If you're familiar with um, Southern California wrestling, one of the staples of the scene, B-Boy, is celebrating a birthday. Happy birthday. He's got a great little promotion that uh, he was running um, out of San Diego, where he's from. But pandemic kind of killed it a little. But he had, was having some really great... Um, it was very a very equal type of show, where it was the exact number of women's matches and men's matches. And it was really kind of awesome. So, happy birthday, dude. And then, you know who else's birthday is today? Our good buddy. Yes, Dan Roberts. Woo, happy birthday probably why he wasn't on the, the show yesterday eddie edwards is having a birthday i think i mentioned pco but apparently we got the date wrong so his birthday is tomorrow so happy birthday the two of you um m dog matt cross of nwa uh fame and then they showed actually um hard times the other day so remember he was the first person that faced ricky starks in round one and it's his birthday. Happy yeah. birthday. Yeah, that was a great uh, remember uh, Danny Birch, Martin Stone? His birthday is uh, coming up. He is a New Year baby, just like everyone else. And then also, just to give a quick little shout out to some early January babies. The Mouse of South, Jimmy Hart. I loved him as a kid. I don't know why. Because he was a short man and just obnoxious. So I think that was great. Um... Rest in peace, New Jack. Would have had a birthday. Uh, Bobby Roode, happy birthday. And then this one right here, uh, you know, we got to raise a glass. I miss Drunk JR on uh, Dynamite. Yeah. I have a feeling that JR is not going to be around uh, AEW much longer. Did a feeling. But hey, dude, you have decent barbecue sauce. And guess what? I miss your drunk ass because now these guys are running amok. Please come back. Please. Yeah, commentary is not as good as me, I don't think. Yeah. And those are our birthdays. So happy birthday. See you All next right. week. Um, you said you want to say something about uh, Dak Shepard having his own podcast now. Oh, yeah. Well, very interesting to me. So I guess the rumor is. 
Phil, does Phil want to come back? Yeah, clearly he told him and Dax talk about it. So here's the other thing too, is I listened to the podcast because I was really interested in what, what he's going to sound like. And I mean, I like Dax. I think he's a very good wrestler. I think his ego shows through in his humble brag ways. I think he's trying so hard not to be full of himself. I just, I don't know. I got a lot of, I don't think I'll be listening to much of it. Uh, it definitely sounded like he was distancing himself from a number of people within the company as well. Anytime there's somebody's like, oh, there's like stuff going on with this person's like, I'm not really close to that person. And then he would try to speak on behalf of stuff. Like it was just weird where I get the impression that he just kind of keeps to himself, which is nothing wrong with that at all. But uh, I don't know that he's the dude to go to for insights. And I think that if he's pushing people away, then it's not a surprise that the other people who are doing that like him and they got along well, because it's all like, yeah, fuck those guys. It's kind of a lot of what I got. But I don't know. Well, I mean, he's he sounds really nice, though, and I like his wrestling, and I'll watch his matches, but I don't know that there's a lot of information we're getting out of his podcast. Well, I've lost a lot of respect for him now. You know, obviously, with the shit with Phil and the Elite and all of that, people took sides. That's everybody has a right to do that. But first of all, you're doing a podcast now so for you to be i don't know spewing a bunch of bullshit about the guy who is basically the he's the one who all you wrestling people even us here too we have to fucking you know you gotta pay homage to fucking colt bow down kiss the ring okay because honestly he wouldn't be he wouldn't be doing a podcast one. Two, they wouldn't have had all those belts and whatnot and things like that. I wonder sometimes if the Bucks think, hmm, was that a mistake trying to do this whole FTR thing? Because they were gung ho about it, I thought, back in the day. Guess not. But you know, when you're bitter and whatever, you know, it rubs off. And when you don't want to play in the sandbox and you feel that, okay, you're odd man out, yeah, you're going to probably go with the odd men. Because it seems to me the only people who are on the fill train are one who wanted something out of him. Two, they're just miserable. And three, you know, I mean, you know, you're not going anywhere. But you are going somewhere. You were given a lot of opportunity where other people weren't. So if Cole Cabana made fun of you, he made fun of you. So what? Grow a fucking pair of balls. Okay? Now, if you were making fun of your daughter, then yeah, I might have an issue with that. But, you know, you can go there. I mean, you, we can talk about... You could have gone there and talked about how cheap Cabana is. You know, you could have gone whatever, you know. If you're insulted because he made fun of your accent, dude, there are a lot of other things that, you know, are problematic. And I don't think that's problematic. And I'm not saying this because I'm Team Cabana. I'm saying this because that's the most lame thing I've ever heard in my life. So you don't like him and his friends because he was joking around. Okay, I'm sorry. But if you really knew Cole Cabana, dude, bro, 
it's kind of socially awkward sometimes. He's got a lot of CTE that I think, you know, he'll never admit to, but I know that, that it's there. So, you know, you, you, you yeah, you got to get over that. You weren't there when their friendship was something and you weren't there when it got destroyed. So only good you're, you're going to do, dude, is everyone wants to see the elite versus punk and FTR. No. Kenny can watch from side. I think we need to put Colton there. Colton Bucks versus FTR and Phil. And you know what? We all know who will win. And it ain't going to be fucking Phil and FTR. Because, honestly, the end of the day, look, look, look what's happening. I mean, obviously, right now, they're pushing top flight. They're pushing the acclaimed. They're pushing all of these other tag teams. Hell, they're even trying to push Mox and fucking Claudio together. Because, you know, Mox doesn't have anything. But, yeah, it's going to be pretty soon where I think that people know the writing on the wall. And they're probably going to go back to WWE. Pretty sure of it. Of it. And they could take Phil with them if they want. But I don't know. Tony Khan's too much of a fanboy, so who knows? But I will say this, that remember, on episode one, we did tell you if all this happens, because I really think it's going to happen. And I honestly think that they should also put Punk's dog down, because he shouldn't be biting people. But anyways, that's my two cents. I think we should hand out some awards. God damn it. We definitely can. I also thought it was weird. He said he'd never, he didn't know about the stuff between Punk and Colt. Oh, that that's was weird. Bullshit. That is bullshit. Everybody knew. Even people who didn't even fucking care. People in the podcast world, all of them knew because that was a groundbreaking thing of this was the first case ever about someone that, you know, you're talking about actually going and suing because, you know, of slander and whatnot, you know? It was the first case. A lot of people knew about it. It was been talked in a lot of circles. So either you're dumb or you're bullshit. You just don't know how to bullshit. I think it's both. It has nothing to do with your accent. Yeah, so what I was saying was that I thought it was weird that he said that because I didn't even watch wrestling at the time and I didn't listen to the podcast and I didn't know really who Colt was at all, but I had kind of heard of CM Punk at the time, and I knew about a lot of that stuff just from not just from being a wrestling fan once upon a time in that era, you know what I mean? But and then even when I came back into it, I it was stuff that I looked up more and more of as well. So it's just it's weird to me that he would talk about CM Punk the way that he does, and then also seemingly have no recollection of like the biggest thing that happened outside of his WWE run. You know what I mean? Like, so it just didn't make sense to me. Um, yeah. People talk about two things about Phil outside his WWE run that he was a shitty fucking person. He was a sh shitty UFC fighter and that lawsuit. Yeah. 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 Uh, the other thing I thought was I was kind of surprised by, too, was the the thing about 
Colt making fun of him and then finding out it was like a passing thing about his accent. And I was like, that is ultra sensitive. And then he tried to explain why he was so sensitive to that. Why? And his explanation is probably true to him, but to say that it's because you put yourself through college. Also like, all right, fucking lot of us did dude. Yeah. Like, did he know Colt Cabana's dumbass actually graduated from college with, um, a degree in I think it's marketing, I believe. Yeah, he was the I mean, worst irrelevant one A football player too at the time. But you know, sure. His argument was that he was sensitive about his accent because he paid his way through school on his oh. own. But a lot of us did that. Every lot, like yeah. I don't know very many people who got scholarships. Your parents paid for them. Like I just don't. I don't know that we're in different worlds. You know what I mean? Like that's one of those, like, what do you want a cookie kind of type things to me where it's all like, so now you're sensitive about where you came from because you paid your way through school. I don't know, man. Like it just, it seemed weird and ultra sensitive. Um, but again, I think he sounds like a nice dude. And I think that he's definitely um, going to bat for his friend and trying to convince people to, both on the inside and on the outside to accept CM Punk back and to get him back in the company. Cause he's a good friend of his. And so it's like, okay, well that's not, uh, the arguments weren't good enough for me, but it's fine. And it's not my call. You know what I mean? I'm not the person who has to go, Oh, okay. Like if the elite hear it and then go, you know what? Maybe we should give him a second chance. Then job well done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not up to us. And then the next thing you know, if that happens, next thing you know, Pro Wrestling Tees puts a press release out and they're no longer doing the merch the merch for AEW. They're parting ways. That'd be so dope. I'd be super that into that, fucking, if I'm being honest. That would be the best fucking fuck you move. Uh, let's see. Let's go through their boozies. Yeah. We're going to go from the bottoms up because that's how we drink. Bottoms up. Yeah. And we like to start with mm-hmm. what we don't like first and get it out of the way so we can talk about all the cool stuff after the fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have your list up? Do you have it with you? I do. All right. Mm-hmm. All right. So the first award we're giving out is the You're Drunk Go Home, a superstar or storyline that you just don't want to see anymore. Last year I had Young Bucks and Jacket Time. And the only reason I'm making reference to that is because this year, both of those things were less on TV for a good chunk of time. It was a really nice time. It was a good fun. We like, see, people listen to us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this year I put Ric Flair. I'm tired of him. Uh, I think uh, it's embarrassing at this point. No, he's still trying to have matches. And the last match was embarrassing. And people keep trying to bring him up about doing it. And, well, did you see that? And, oh, he had so much fun. And, oh, and if you don't like Ric Flair wrestling, you don't like fun. You're not a real wrestling fan. If you don't like seeing this 70-something-year-old man nearly die in the ring and fake a heart attack because he thinks it's funny and do a very bad job at the thing he used to be the absolute best in the world at. It is not fun to watch. It's embarrassing. And everyone mm-hmm. involved in it doesn't deserve these massive accolades. Everyone did the best mm-hmm. they could with what they had. What they had was fucking like they it was this was this was a step aside from putting a Christmas hat on a dog shit and calling it Mr. Hanky. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah, you dressed it up, I guess, but it's still a dog shit. Well, Mr. Hanky might be a human shit, if I'm being honest. But, yeah, still a rip off. Mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm just I'm tired of Ric Flair. 
I just don't think that there's anything that we're adding to his legacy at this point. I don't think there's anything we're adding to the reverse of that. Like the more that he comes out, the more stuff that he says and does that makes a lot of us longtime fans just go, that's not cool. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like he's destroying everything that we've held so high for so long. So I don't want him on a podcast. I don't want him on TV. I don't want him in a ring. Just enjoy the rest of your life, dude. You have a fucking family who's probably hardly ever seen you. Go be with him. I saw another picture of him on his last match the other day. His one arm was all fucking weird from the heart attacks and stuff. One arm looked normal. The other one was like swollen, like a like a like one of those. You know those. You go to the Greek restaurant. And it's got that beef lamb gyro thing. It's what it looked like. A shawarma. Yeah, it was shawarma? like a shawarma. Like a big God, shawarma oh thing. Horrible. That's what it looked like. I was looking at it like, good lord. You're going to send me a picture of t- this because I can't, I can't picture that. I'll find it. I'll find it. What was your drunk go home award? And I'll tell you, this one was tough because I was there was a few things I could do without mm-hmm. from AEW, NXT, and the Indies. There was a number of mm-hmm. things where I was like, I would like to never see that again. Mm-hmm. But when it really came down to it, the saddest one of them all, surprisingly, Ric Flair. What was your drunk well, go home? My drunk go home, again, this was very difficult because there were quite a few that I'm like, I can't, I can't anymore. So I'm going to go with the first one, which is really pretty obvious, I think, for people that I would say this. But all of the members of the Jericho Appreciation Society. That was on my list. Stop stop fucking tame mellow is fucking awful and why we were subjected with a tag team match and i know that aw is going to be doing tag teams soon why we were subjected to anna jas and tame mellow last night versus ruby soho and willow nightingale i have no idea why needs to end i'm sick of sammy guevara and his ugly stupid horribly orange ass I'm sick of fucking Daniel Garcia looking like a douche canoe. Sick of fucking uh, what's-his-face and his purple fucking Kangol hat, which it really isn't a Kangol hat because there's no logo. Yeah. I know that from my LL Cool J fangirl days. Um, and I think everyone's really sick. I'm still sick of hearing fucking Judas. Yeah, I can do without So, it. you know, I know, yes, I'm going on a damn cruise, and yes, all of those are there, but can we please, can we stop? Yeah. Just time to say there's yeah, people fine with Ric Flair wrestling with death, complete psychopaths. And Mass mm-hmm. Babyface, hero from the yeah. IWC, if you ask me, I like this guy online. Uh, he goes, Jericho is to AEW what Jeff Jarrett was in the end of WCW or Bad Impact Days. The group has run its course. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't to... dislike Jarrett that much, but I'll, I'll say this. The perception of Jarrett during those times, for sure. I think yeah. that what Jarrett was actually doing and what he was putting out there was different, but the perception... That they had, yeah, absolutely, is the same perception we're getting from Jericho. That's hard. Yeah, because we're getting the wizard bullshit again. Oh, oh, I threw fire at him because I'm a wizard. I'm like, I didn't even that before, you know? Yeah. Just stupid shit, you know? Um, He obviously really didn't know what to say to Ricky because even when he cut his promo yesterday, Jericho is probably taped like a bunch of times because he really just didn't know what to say. and even then, I, he was given twice the time that Ricky did, and Ricky was twice as useful so with impactful. his time. Yeah. Yes. And I also him. want to say, Ricky Starks, you've stolen 
some of my material because yeah, that's, that's one of my phrases and it's been for a very long time Which and one? he would laugh when i would say it and he's like what the hell like i would do something and and he would just he was like what the hell and i go yeah because i can and he would laugh so thank you ricky you're not really original that was mine what, saying anyway. because i can yeah because i can okay yeah a lot of people mm-hmm. have said that in their lives so well i know cool, but, but the way i say it, it's kind of bitchy <laughs> and you know whatever but <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I am very busy about that. <laughs> oh my god, that's gross! It's like I sent the picture for anybody cool. listening. That was the picture like, of Ric Flair's yeah, arm. Yeah, he sent me a picture. Match. That's oh my god, that's horrible. Oh yeah, it was bad. I saw it and I was like, I, god, just stop wrestling. But uh, if I were yeah. a fan, I would not want to be in a show with Ric Flair because if he dies in mm. the ring, I that would be the most traumatic thing I've ever ha- seen in my life. And I yeah, would I never be able to go wrestling again or watch it. And I don't want that old man to take that away from me. All right. The next award we're giving out the Got Me Buzzin', a match or storyline you want to see next year. Last year, I said Juicy Fanu and Sam Stackhouse. Mm-hmm. We didn't get it. No. But we did get Jacob Fatu and Sam Stackhouse. Upgrade, cool. maybe. So, that yeah, was cool. That's not bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, I want to see Sam Adonis versus Hammerstone. Mm, that's that was kind of the that was the one I was thinking the most about. Like, because there's a lot of stuff that I just go, <laughs> but is it something I'm really excited for? Right? There's a lot mm-hmm. of matches you could do now with people in certain companies. Mm-hmm. But is it something I'm excited for? I would say, in a month, this could change to you know Sasha Banks and a number of people, or Mercedes mm-hmm. Monet, whatever she's going to go by. But as of today. <laughs> Sam Adonis and Hammerstone is something I really want to see. And we're close. Yeah. They're both in MLW. <laughs> Hammerstone still world champion. Yeah, yeah, we could do it. What is yours got me buzzing award? Match or storyline? I couldn't find my notes from last year. So it's fine. That kind I of bummed used... me a little. It's fine. But this one, again, was a little hard for me because there's an obvious that I want to see Phil. And FTR versus the Young Bucks and Colt. Yeah, you can use but, that. But I think the one match I want to see above all, I honestly at this point don't care who it's against, but I want to see Marty back on a bigger platform. I really do. It's time. It is time. He has been popping up in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. The other one we got is the give them a chance. Somebody you want to see get a bigger push next year. Um, the only reason I, I mean, I just pulled up my old notes and that's why I had my last, uh, my last year's ones. But I, the only reason I kept them is because when you look at what I said last year versus what we got this year it was actually very interesting to me. That's why I'm saying it. Last year I said I LA Knight. I, I said I wanted LA Knight to get a better, a better uh, push. And, and he did. You know what I mean? He had a really rough go of it, though, because he went from NXT to Maximum Male Models, and then uh, now he's doing this thing with Bray, which could go great. It could go terribly, so we'll see. Uh, but this year, I put Ricky Starks. I feel like that he's just on the cusp of a push, and he's just been like downgraded heavily uh, to go from the World Championship to now Jericho for no reason. None. Nothing explainable other than Jericho's, like, well, I'll just tell him I want to join the group. Like, it's just so pointless that I kind of want this to be a one and done. I want Ricky to win this Jericho match, and then I want him to be in something more prominent 
for sure. Well, no, the cruise is coming up, so give a shit. we might. I know you don't give a shit, but I think they might have. That's the only reason why he's there. But you know, whatever. You know, I probably said last year like Hobbs and Ricky, but this year, the one I'm really, really hoping that gets a really, really big, big push is Tiffany Stratton. I know she's out yeah. because of, you know, but she's I think to come she back at really, the beginning of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And I really think that she was doing, oh my God, she was doing such phenomenal work that she really needs that, that push in the women's division. I think that to be honest with you, um, I think at the point right now where like Zoe Stark is and like Nikita Lyons, I think Tiffany's way above that. You know, yeah, and, I, and I think, think yeah. I think those vignettes are her. Those ones about the countdown mm-hmm. to the new year. I'm pretty sure those are her. Yeah, I was thinking that too. But I really do think that they should, you know, push her full throttle on that. Because I mean, I love the shit, not just because I'm a choo-choo fan. I'm on that choo-choo train. But I think that a lot of like a lot of what she did was just phenomenal this year. So I think definitely um that's who I have my pick on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Mass Babyface would say LA Knight's been perfect in his role and Stark to be one of the hottest stars in AEW if they don't yo-yo his push. That's what I'm saying, man. I agree with all that. Right. That's well, what I'm saying. We've said that episode one. I've said that actually way even before that, before I think he got signed, maybe. Yeah. Well, yeah. it's one thing to know somebody's capable. It's another thing for to see somebody hit that wave, and now it's a matter of can they ride it or are they going to yo-yo it and mess around with it? You know what I mean? Like He's, been getting he's not been given the moment. chance. But he's not because it's like, why are you? I was reading on Twitter earlier, and I think this person who said this must listen to watch, be a friend of the show and listen to it. It's not anybody famous, but they were like, man, they said that they had heard that someone had said that, you know, it would have been the best thing ever because of all of MJ's, you know, MJF's blah, blah, you know, my reign of terror if Ricky fucking beat him. And I'm like, mm-hmm. that was the move. But, you know, I don't know. I mean, Tony Khan booking is weird. Um, yeah. Is, is Tony Khan a fan? I don't know. It's hard to say. So, it's a big question, Mark. So. Yep, yep. And then uh, in the chat, we also got Donnie Shot saying, hey, uh, hey! I don't know Donnie. Mr. Donnie, know. yep. You know Donnie? That's friend of Hey, cheers. Cheers. Yes. Cheers, cheers to, to you. Uh, let's yeah. see. The next one we're giving out. Uh, the sorry to see you go. Person cut. You're going to miss the most. This one feels so obvious. This feels mm-hmm. like I don't know if there's a number two. This one's so obvious that I had such a hard time coming up with one that was not this for yesterday's episode one when I was doing WWE mm-hmm. main roster exclusive. Um, but Mandy Rose. Mandy mm-hmm. Rose. Sorry to see her go. And I don't know who else was released by either company this year that you just kind of go, it sucks. Mm. There was a lot of people coming on. I felt like this was the year. There were more people coming on. And there was a lot of people who were let go at the beginning of the year that were back by the end. So, Mm -hmm. Well, technically, if I were to go away from, because Mandy's the obvious choice. I mean, I agree with you a thousand percent. Love Mandy. I'm going to miss her. And She's a top five women's wrestler the, in the world right now, in yeah. my book. Mm-hmm. I think the other person that um, I'm going to miss, and I don't want, it's not that they were cut, 
he just didn't resign with them is I'm gonna miss Minoru Suzuki and Suzuki Goon. That's probably mm. number two. That's um, only because that tag team of anybody, they might not have been the most prestigious as far as winning awards, you know, and all these titles. But what they were was they were pretty fantastic from bottom to the top. And I really think that, yeah, we'll see Murder Grandpa. Some people are thinking Murder Grandpa's going um, elsewhere. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Um, but it's going to be very interesting to see what's going to happen. Um, yeah. Kind of killed me a little to see how emotional uh, Takamichi Noku was. And then just thinking about, like, God, Tai Chi has been there from day one. And he really, you know, formed a great tag team with Zack Sabre Jr., Dangerous Techers last year. And, I mean, so for me, that's going to be another really kind of kind of sad miss for New Japan. Because honestly, what are you kind of left with now? Okay, you've got one absolutely shitty faction. We all know who I'm talking about. Um, we've got this weird bullet club where like, it seems like the gang's all back. Um, so that'll be interesting. And then you have LIJs that's just kind of going along. And chaos is chaos because, you know, I'm waiting for Okada to retire soon. He's going to pull a John Cena soon. But who knows? So it'll be very interesting to see. So I think that New Japan's really going to hurt without Suzuki and Suzuki. -kun. I agree. I agree with that one hundred percent. I think it's a. I think it was a great call. Which is also funny because it goes also it falls back on my last year's list too because uh, just a couple away we're coming up on the holy shit moment and mine was Suzuki doing his U.S. tour. So mm -hmm. um, we're not there yet, though. Um, let's see. Dress to impress. This was a tough one for me. The best gear of the year. Who do you have? Who do you think had killer There's, gear? There, well, you know, it was very hard because there were a lot of really shitty. There was a lot of very shitty gear this year. There was also um, just a lot of same old, same old gear, which is also fine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, and this was a very hard one to really kind of pick out. The only people who stand out to me that have different gear all the time or people like Guevara who wastes money. He has a different pair of trunks for every show. Mm -hmm. um, and they all look the same. Same with his old lady. Um, but to be honest, let's go there. Fucking House of Black. And I'm talking, you know, not necessarily the actual ring gear, but as a package when they the do thing, their, yeah. you know, little, their whole thing from yeah. Julia all the way up to fucking Malachi Black. All of them are just like yeah. spot on. And yeah, they've done a good I job of being cohesive. Yeah, they do a really great job with that because I think the when you had um the it the La Faccione in Global Noble, they look kind of disjointed. They still do with you know Preston Vance. Um Dark Order always looks sloppy. The Bucks look like um, I don't know, they look like a you know, an LA flea market. You know, Omega is not that great. The women have, you know, it's the same bullshit. Britt Baker wears a modified version of her shit. And then her twin, Jamie Hayter, you know, and I miss seeing Sunder because she always had some her of the best gear, especially during a pay-per-view. So it's yeah. really kind of hard to, you know, say, because I, I would say her, but, you know, honestly, she wasn't really around that much this year. So 
definitely House of Black. Yeah, she won and, it last year for us. Yes, but also as a unit, Toxic Attraction as a unit. Yeah. Because they were always, yeah. everyone had their own spin on who they were, and it worked all together. And yep. so, yeah, I think that, that was, they would probably be my second. Yeah, uh, I almost put them as well. But the only reason I didn't was because as we kept going, I started realizing that my list was so much Mandy, Roxanne, and Cora. And yeah, and Toxic Attraction. I was kind of like, I can't just do like, hey, this was the year of Mandy and Roxanne. But it really was in a lot of ways, especially in in my perception of what I was truly enjoying. That was the stuff that was making the most, the like getting me the most hyped up, mm-hmm. you know? Uh yeah, Thunder Rosa won it for me last year. This year I did Matt Cardona. I wanted to get a little bit away, like I said, from the Mandy thing. Cardona's mm-hmm. always got killer gear and is always doing cool mm-hmm. stuff with it. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, very true. Brought the little... one-legged tight back. I yep. was laughing because I remembered um, that on when he was on Colt Cabana's podcast, it was like number 51, I think, and Colt made fun of the one-legged gear. He was like, <laughs> what was up with that? And, you know, he's like, I tried to make it work. It didn't work. And they brought it back. And I thought that was great. So a lot of his throwback to, you know, the Zack Ryder days. And I love it. So, yeah. yeah. It's great. It's Another great. One. Uh, the next one we got behind the scenes. The behind the scenes award. Best story that wasn't on TV or person that you liked their charity work. So this can be a storyline that happened off of TV that we didn't see. Like last night, we talked about Dom and Ray doing their thing. Uh, this can also just be somebody doing a bunch of charity work, just the kind of thing that you saw outside of what you see in the weekly television that you thought was just fantastic. What'd you do? What'd you give? And then we got Stackhouse in the in the chat. Cheers to Stackhouse. Oh my gosh. Stackhouse, if you can buddy. clarify, you did not have a match with Juicy Fanu this year, right? Because that was my dream match last year. And I don't think that happened. But if I'm wrong, I want to know because I'll go find it. No. I need Stackhouse on um spring break both the clusterfuck and this this year no i need LA. him on that david only... marquez match that battle royal why is he mm-hmm. not in there hey if you're going to mesa sam you better tell me <laughs> yeah and damn it like i would go see i will i'm feeling like telling my family you know what? fuck off i'll be yeah. the dysfunctional person drop my mom up say see ya i'm going yeah. to i'm going to mesa but I'm also having issues because the cheapest airline is Southwest. And yeah. we all know what's going on with that. So that's yeah, my that's other true. issue I'm having. So anyways. True. But, you know, a lot of times I think I think really the the best story that really wasn't on, on TV and what we really didn't see or no one really sees to me. And I'm going to go there is marty scrolls little villain blog that he does Mm. and it's kind of cool because it's like you go and i mean if you you don't like the person fine whatever i don't care but you know what he's living his life and he's taken he's taken the bumps and it's kind of cool because you see it and you see that it's still for him it's still exciting going and wrestling in Mexico, going to Costa Rica and him hiking all over with like Flip Gordon and things like that. It's kind of cool. You know, it's not supposed to be BTE 2.0 or anything like that. No, it's kind of cool. Like, Hey, this is a guy who still really loves it. And it kind of sucks that people can't get over whatever. 
especially because now it's okay that Bill Cosby is going to go on tour. I know people are like, oh my God. I'm like, well, Bill Cosby can go on tour. Why not watch girl, you know? Mm. But that's kind of like my feel good story with that. But I enjoyed watching that. So. Uh, I did for my best story of the year that was not on TV was uh, CM Punk having a meltdown within a year's time. <laughs> I'm not surprised that he did have the meltdown. We all said that he was going to ruin himself and everyone around him. Uh, but it happened so much faster than I thought. I had no idea what happened so quickly. Plus him constantly breaking his own limbs because he just was fragile and thought he was a child or something. The other thing that makes it clearly off TV if you only watch their TV, they've never explained his absence. They've never even hinted at the fact that he's just not there. They just ignore no. the fact that he ever existed. And that is hysterical to me. Because I think that they do have a fan base that likely doesn't read the newsletter stuff. I know somebody who was at an AEW show in one of my group chats who said that it was really funny and uncomfortable for them when they heard someone talk to their kid a few rows over or down or something like that. Like they were in earshot. They were saying like, I hope we see CM Punk or the elite tonight. We haven't seen them in a while. It's about time. Someone <laughs> back in, you know, it's all like, they don't know. Like, fuck, oh, they Lord. did not do a good job of like, you will not be seeing these people, you know? Well, even when you'd see it on TV, you'd see these like maybe 10, less than 10, like between the age of like maybe, seven to nine years old wearing cm punk merchandise oh, and then i would look at the parents are right there and i'm like that's horrible parenting i would think that every time i would see it yeah and i'm like that's horrible parenting and if i know if i heard that conversation i'm like you want to know why kid he's not a nice person stackhouse says he wrestled juicy november 2021 <gasps> you did get it son of a bitch <laughs> I gotta go find that. It's gotta be Oklahoma or Texas. Sounds like a Texas match. Probably. I gotta go find that. Damn. Sam. Maybe I just wanted to see them do it again. I don't know, but you're really killing Marsh here, though. Yeah, no, it ruined it. Well, I mean, that was last year. I had a whole year, and still, that's why I missed it. Was because it happened the year before. Yeah. <laughs> no, Stradamus, you are not, my friend. Yeah, I mean, it's like I can tell when something already happened, and I want want it. Uh, yeah, he said Houston at Wrestle Rave, and Kuro's in the chat. Um, cheers to Kuro as well. He said it was him, Juicy, and Angel Camacho. Ah, it's not a one on one. I still get it. It still counts. <laughs> Man, can you imagine three people in a ring, and two of them are Juicy and Sam? I don't see an angel yet, but that's got to be terrifying if you're angel. Just look up and see them. It sounds like he's a small dude. He's got to be. If his name's Angel like Camacho, Fuego he's got to be small. Size. That's what yeah. I'm thinking in my head. Yeah, that's the scariest moment or of his Nick life. He's in, he's in there with two velociraptors or like T-Rexes. You know? Yeah. Oh, he said Camacho's their size. Oh my oh. god, can you imagine that? Did y'all break the ring, Sam? What the fuck? So Holy dope. shit. Why do we miss these things? See? That would have been match of the year. Right there. Stackhouse. Oh, we all uh, the holy shit moment. Biggest surprise of the year. I put Cody leaving and CM Punk having a meltdown. Both of those. He goes, it was 1,200 pounds of dude in that ring. Uh, but yeah, holy shit moment. I, who would have thought 
other than the fact that we called it very early on that see that that Cody was not going to be renewing his contract. We called it like within a month or two of being there. It's like, well, he's only here for one contract, I bet. And then um and then CM Punk just having that meltdown so soon. I thought he okay. would get two, three years out before he destroyed everything. But yeah, he ruined his legacy in, in rapid succession. I uh, wasn't so surprised. Like, no, it's not a surprise. That was kind it was surprised of at the time frame. No, no, predictable. He's a he's a walking, ticking human time bomb, and he has nobody to blame for him but himself. So, I saw that coming like twenty miles away. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, want to know what my biggest surprise is? Yeah, what was Has your holy tomorrow? My biggest surprise is you actually let Colt Cabana have a match on fucking dynamite against Chris Jericho and it was a serious match and the biggest surprise to me was that's all you did for Colt after this I'm kind of shocked yeah that was his his whole match all year I know you know he's not even ranked in the fucking PWI 500 for the first time in like over 20 years that he didn't get ranked because he had that little matches Mm -hmm. god that's just that's crazy that kills me. I mean, he's had enough that more so than some people who were ranked and I'm, I'm, you know, but that was the biggest surprise because you only had him do that one thing. Yeah, I know he got injured and he didn't get to do final battle, but you didn't even fly him out. Let him do commentary. Let him do something, you know, throw the fucking guy a bone. You gave him one thing. And that was the biggest surprise to me. I'm still to this shocked. I swear to God, if I see Tony Khan, like at all in San Francisco. Oh, I'm pu- I'm cornering him. And I said, you know what? I'm going to film this motherfucker because I want everyone to see the fucking crackhead look on your face. What the fuck? You yeah, know, you owe some that man something because he did. He was the only one who said nothing. He could have said something been like, oh, you know, the Bucks didn't have to do that. He could have said something. No, he didn't. He was the adult. The most immature person, I think, of all of them was an adult. Yeah, and it's not like he doesn't have the platforms. He's got so much more platforms than everyone else, and he's still the only one to, yes. to keep quiet about it. So much so he that like, made a shirt. FTR's got he his own podcast made... now to talk on behalf of CM Punk. So, yeah. Uh, let's see. Kuro's in the chat. He says, "Biggest surprise was production assistant Andrade Andretti being booked to beat Jericho. Was he a PA? No one's ever seen or heard of him, as far as I can tell. No one. I don't know. All, no one all I, I know, know is has ever heard. Skin will all spray." Yeah, you keep saying that. Uh, Kiro also says on Twitter today, people said Theory versus Rollins is so repetitive. This is just another match that's the same as the last time they fought. Same person also said the Elite versus Death Triangle match seven is such a new and refreshing idea. It's not repetitive and it's an awesome matchup. Why can't WWE be like this instead of repetitive crap? Which is funny because um, it's it just trash. It's so bad. Didn't we say? Didn't we say on episode one? Didn't we say? He says he that, was PA, um, didn't. Didn't we say was it you or was it me who said that Mac they're gonna do a match set it's gonna go all the way to seven because it's in LA and the Bucks are gonna take yeah. it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, the second they said they were doing the thing, I was like, this is stupid, like all of oh, God, they've done nothing. God, my God. In the same way Kiro says that uh action Andrade is a PA mm-hmm. is exactly how I tell people that Stackhouse is an okay. Whoa, that's a hoss match. Shit, you know what was missing from that match? Shane Taylor. 
Have you wrestled Shane Taylor yet, Sam? Sam, do we gotta get you in in the ring with Shane Taylor? Mm -hmm. I want to see how you can't get. There's still time. It's still two weeks away. Are you going to Mesa, Sam? Let's get you on that CWF show. I want you get you on that card. Don't make me start tweeting. Go to Marquez. I'll go to Janela. Janela, throw fucking bone for Sam. That's a good point. Janela knows him. Come on, man. Come on, Janela. Get Stackhouse on that show. Uh, Yeah. yeah, And then the other thing is, uh, I think I think Marquez isn't booking it. Who's he's, he's promoting it? it, but someone else is booking it that particular show. So I wonder if that's why we're. I need to know who this person is because I want them to be my friend and promote shows that he I said enjoy. It on- this, this is a show that I enjoy. This is like the most exciting thing. I think honestly, I'm going to go there. It looks better than Bola. Oh, that's neat. Yeah, I'm I, well, I mean, Bola you told because me- I want to see Tekechta, but that's just me. That's true. You read to me the the card for Bola, and I was kind of like, I don't know about going there. We saw the card here for the CWF show, and I was like, well, fuck, I have to go. You know what I mean? Like, so there is that. Mm -hmm. Kira also says, big surprise. Um, This Sean Spears outright saying he's done with AEW was a big surprise. Uh, I don't know. Did he say that? Because the other thing is, this is is I was uh, I was checking it out on trying to go through this list because I was just this has not been a great year. This has not been a great year for AEW or NXT or even MLW and GCW. This has been a, a kind of a rough year for for a lot of those those promotions. So finding things that really stood out was tough for me. So I was looking through rosters of these companies, and Sean Spears was still the roster on the roster page for AEW, and I thought that was really bizarre because I was like, I could have sworn he was gone. Um, comeback of the year as we're about halfway through, we're gonna we're you know we're gonna get through it. Uh, comeback of the year, I had um. It was funny. Last year, I put CM Punk because of the just general importance of him coming back and the relevance that that, that was going to be. It was important to a lot of people. It was a surprise. It was historical in a lot of ways, and mm-hmm. it became more historical as it went, which is hysterical. Um, his meltdown is still so funny to me. Uh, but I put my comeback of the year. I put Soraya. Uh, her comeback to the ring mm-hmm. was, uh, I don't know if I would say it was a shock. It definitely wasn't expected. And it definitely was on the fence. Even when rumors are coming about, there was a lot of people being like, but really? Like, are we? Is it? You know what I mean? Like, there was a lot there. So I do think that her return to the ring and having had a successfully safe match, that's the comeback of the year for me. I couldn't think of anybody else who came back that same way. So Mine actually took a lot of reflection because I had two. But ultimately, for me who won it, was seeing the the return of the fucking god of this shit, fucking Nick fucking Gage, MDKL fucking day, looking fucking great, coming yeah. back yeah. better than ever. And I really think that for me, it was great to see him in probably some of the best shape of his life. Yeah. And just being back doing, you know, what he loves. And I think that's amazing. I haven't gotten to see Gage yet this year but i'm can't wait he's i don't think he's wrestling on the jericho cruise i wish he did but you know me i'm gonna be all up in that mdk shit and most of these people be like what the fuck yes so i need to find my my mdk shirt because i'll be wearing that hell maybe i'll even cosplay as him who knows yeah don't know i I have the not sam wrestling gcw style shirt that i designed and then i have i have the x-pac gcw shirt but i don't have like an mdk shirt i need you to there's an mdk one that looks like the gcw logo 
that's, I don't even have, I don't have that one. I'm just but, thinking about the show coming up. I don't have a Colt or a Janela shirt. I do. I know that's you have quite like a million. Janela's got a badass looking limited edition shirt that he has for New Year's. Yeah. Uh, yeah oh, and Kiro that. does say that he quote tweeted someone saying, Where is Sean Spears been AEW? And his response was, Don't hold your breath, not going there anytime soon. Mm. I didn't even have to I say it, it just Tully, happened. I love it. I think with Tully being dismissed. Um, yeah. And oh. the other person who's getting honorable mention right now for me was comeback of the year. As we've seen yeah. a resurgence in the last couple of months of Tessa Blanchard. She has really that. stepped up and done a lot, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I miss her a lot. Yeah. And I love I love her. You know, I know people like, whoa. But you know what? Honestly, other women, it's women are catty. I always say this, you know, and she is like one of the best, if not the. And yeah. I have an ego too. And mm -hmm. especially because you're not on this platform that everyone else gets to be on. And people who are fucking can't even lace your fucking boots are getting a lot of good TV time. I was talking about today. I thought it was kind of ironic and kind of weird. Like at this point, so many people are signed to NXT and AEW that if you're not signed, it makes me think you might be an asshole. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I've never heard anything bad about her, but like, where the fuck is Teal Piper? Like, I've seen her cut a promo and have a match, and she's good. Why is no one picking up Teal Piper? Allison K is phenomenal. Like, it makes she's me think asshole. that like she's got to be an asshole. Like, you know what I mean? Like, well, <laughs> there's no way. I won't. With Impact, if you're not in Impact either. It's a big question mark. That's what I'm saying. If you're not signed you know, by any company, how big of an asshole are you? Like it's well, crazy. I know why she wouldn't go back there to impact, but everything else, it's like what you know who would be afraid? That's why she you know why she's not at AEW. Because hmm. Britt Baker would not know what to fucking do with herself. That's funny. Talk about it's somebody funny also who, because um yeah. Allison's the one who started all the stuff about Tessa. So for people to still mm -hmm. hold all the grudge against Tessa, but then also hold the grudge against Allison kind of makes me feel like I don't know. It yeah. makes you feel like it's almost like that Johnny Depp Amber Heard stuff where you go, oh, are they both dicks? Like, <laughs> I don't know if there's anybody to root for here. So, I don't yeah. know. It's just kind of interesting. Yeah. Kira's bringing up all the stuff yeah. we talked about at the beginning of the show, Dragon Lee. Um, yeah. Rookie of the year. Last year, I said Braun Breaker. This year, I said Roxanne Perez. She joined NXT and look at how far she's come. She was in a, one of my contenders for match of the year was Mandy and Roxanne. Another one contender was Roxanne and Cora. Uh, she won the breakout tournament. She won that, you know, crazy weird stipulation match, uh, Iron Survivor, and she won the title all there in that one small year. Like, she just showed up. I remember people even saying, like, I don't know if this is smart for her when Roxanne left Ring of Honor to join NXT. And it's kind of funny to see where those two things are now. You know what I mean? Like, uh -huh. Roxanne, this was her year, as far as I can tell. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Same here, Rox. I mean, there's nobody who really can touch Roxanne and what she's done. Court Jaded is a little different, which mm -hmm. I'll explain a little bit later. But um, she also got in before Roxanne. She was there last year. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Oh. But Roxanne really was the one who she came in and she um, 
really, really stepped it up. Oh, I want to backtrack to something because I totally, speaking of NXT, I don't know why I said this. A superstar I don't want to see anymore. I do not want to see Booker T on commentary anymore. That mm. whatever ducky ducky. No, go away. Why can't you be the goddamn Booker T that was interviewing Roxanne? That was great, Booker T. Yeah, it was awesome. I, that's all I'm saying. So who was your rookie of the year? It's Roxanne. Oh, also Roxanne? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, breakout AEW performer. Had people coming in and out that I have no fucking idea. Yeah, I don't know. I had to look up but to actually, some people who were there. Actually, no. I'll take that back. If I were to pick an AEW person, I'd have to say Kanosuke Takeshita. That guy's had great matches, whether it be on the indies. He's had a good year. Or on AEW, and I'm glad that people are now coming around to him. So I think he definitely, that's, if you're looking for a dude who is rookie of the year, it's got to be him. Yeah, it's so, I mean, I'm so impressed with him that I've been like dying to see him because I missed out seeing him when he was here in San Francisco. So. Yeah. Uh, Kiro asked, are we picking just from AEW and NXT? It's primarily AEW and NXT, but we do. I mean, GCW, MLW, that's all on the, the plate there. I don't know New if Japan. it's fair, depending on rookies, no. a tough one. Cause like, could we say Sam Adonis had the best year of his career this year? Maybe, but oh, would I call him a rookie? Probably not. Maybe yeah. next year. Cause he just signed with MLW. I think it's his first contract. Potentially what he does this coming year, he could be rookie of the year because he's only been yeah. on a couple of their tapings and he's been in AAA just this period of time. Yeah, you can't really count. Well, you could kind of count AAA, but not really. I mean, he's been doing that for what, a couple, at least four or five years now? That's what I mean. Like, I don't think it's fair to say he's becoming more notable and he's definitely mm-hmm. building his notoriety. And this has been a stellar year for Sam. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's why I didn't go with somebody like him who also came to mind. Uh, and I, like you said, it's kind of tough to say. Like we discovered this year, El Ijo de Vikingo. 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 That's the other Viking. reason I want to go to Bola. Uh, two... He's incredible. Them. But to call him a rookie would be unfair. <laughs> you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, so. Um, but yeah, we're going with other people. Uh, let's see. Breakout performer of the year. I said Grayson Waller. I feel like hmm. he really upped his value here. He really did a lot this year that really put him in a spot where you're like, he could believably take the title off Braun, and I don't know if that's an easy thing to pick for anybody else. Like, Waller's the one, I think. Who do you got? Yeah. Who broke out I said Core Jade. Core Jade? Yeah. And the reason why I yep. said Core Jade is because when she came in, okay, a little nice girl. She's basically taken her little mean girl kind of thing and has turned up the volume so much with it that it's like, holy shit. Like, I remember when she was wrestling as Elena Black, boring, nothing, you know, nothing unique about her or anything. But she's now created this persona, this like almost like Regina George-like persona that I'm like the character work that's in there. And how she's evolved is just outstanding. So I think for her, she's probably the breakout. And the other one is Wesley. Wesley was because, on my list on that too. Yeah, he w- it was a tough year for him last year. And then, you know, he had a little bit of a rough, you know, he's losing everything. But I think all of those matches that he was doing, that series with Carmelo and Trick, they, they, were, they were great, you know. And I think it's a testimony to where he is now. 
And I think that he really deserves that too, because it's rough, you know, losing pretty much your, your brother and what it really got you to where to NXT and to WWE. And that just got ripped away from you. You know, I mean, that yeah. where he's been like just stellar the way they did that whole story. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that completely. And what's kind of neat too, and I look at my rookie of the year last year was Braun Breaker. Breakout last year was Mandy Rose. And one more round, which is our next one, was Cora Jade. So it's kind of funny based off of what we all just gave out on as far as, like, I mean, it was like a call to to what was to come. Uh, Kiro does say he thinks Joe Hendry was the breakout star of 2022. I believe in Joe Hendry. I believe in him. Oh my God, I have my shirt. I should have worn that. I'll wear that one night. I love, I love him. Joe Hendry's yeah. great. Like, I think, like with Impact, like he's one of for me one of the highlights of watching Impact. Is I love Joe Hendry. I do. Yeah. I believe in him. I'm really sad that, you know, I'm glad that he didn't stick around for Ring of Honor because who knows, whatever. But I had loved his shit in Ring of Honor too. And you cannot tell me that his entrance doesn't fucking just hit you right there, and you sing along, and you wave your arms. I love him. The reason I would argue that he's the breakout star is I think that his breakout year is still to come. Probably I next year. don't think that, yeah, I don't think enough people are talking about him right now, to be honest. Yeah. And from what I've seen and heard, I think that that will come. And I think there's a good chance next year it's his real breakout year where people start talking about him a lot. There's just I not a lot of buzz a- around him right now. There's been some chatter about him here and there, but I think that there's a good chance that next year he blows up. I think I said that my breakout performer last year was probably Wheeler Yuta. That sounds like a thing I would say. That sounds right. Uh, One more round, something we wanted to see more of that we did not get enough of. Last year I said Corey Jade, and we got tons of Corey Jade this year, and it's been great. This year, what I'm saying I want more of next year, I uh, I put three people down. I put Wesley, Ava Rain, and Sam Adonis. Those are three people that I've just gotten a taste of this year that I want a lot more of what they've got. Not that we didn't have a ton of MSK the year before, but Wes Lee as a solo mm-hmm. and a standalone and what he's been able to do. I want more of that. Um, mm-hmm. Ava Rain, we've just been sprinkled a little bit and it's been very compelling. So uh, those are, I, I know it's not fair to not give it to one, but those are three that was really hard to, to sift through. Who did you have? I have, I have three too, because it was very, very difficult. One, um, I do not think that we got, I don't even really, we barely got a freaking amuse bouche of this, but Starks and MJF. Yep. That was like, you gave us something that in that promo that no one, I don't think, no one's ever seen Max like fucking be quiet like that. Nobody. It, it was almost uncomfortable for him. Like, yeah. damn, I knew you were going to go into me, but not like that. Yeah. Go into me. So what did he do? Kick him in the fucking nuts. <laughs> well, yeah, though, that's what you do. So I think that that was probably number one for me. Um, Number two, I'd have to say um, something that I really wish we got, got a lot more of is I really wish um, we got a lot more of thunder mm-hmm. i know she's injured and everything yep. there's a lot of other speculation 
And I think that we, I really wish we had more of her this year. I yep. really do. Yeah. Um, I cannot argue with that. And then I think the third was for me, Grayson Waller. Yeah. I can't yeah. get enough of him. I fucking love that guy. <laughs> I'm like, and we even talked about yeah. it earlier in the year. It took like four or five months for them to start using him again. He was just like yeah. on the shelf for and a while. For me, like at first I'm like, oh, I don't know, you know, but as this year progressed, I'm just like, I fucking love this guy. I really do yeah. more so than I want to admit. I love him. So yeah, definitely absolutely. I want to see a lot more of Grayson Waller. And I think he can even go to the main roster and it'd be fucking great. I mean, there's so many good people there right now. It's like it in NXT. So Yeah. I agree. And in the chat, Kiro does say Hank Walker and Charlie Dempsey are his picks for that uh, breakout mm-hmm. star, the person who's next year is going to blow up. And uh, Mass Babyface did agree, Charlie Dempsey for 2023. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that there's a really good chance that they blow up as well, especially with Regal going back there just to work mm-hmm. with Charlie. Yeah. That's uh, that's not a bad dude to have on your, on your side. Mm-hmm. So that could be cool. Mm-hmm. Although if I want to be an asshole devil's advocate, who William Regal ever beat? You know what I mean? He was always kind of a mid-card guy. Hmm? When he went up but against Goldberg, no one said Goldberg's going to lose. <laughs> but Goldberg's really good at winning matches. He's just so good at winning matches. Well, he should challenge Colt Cabana for that uh, Jewish title thing that Colt Cabana holds. Or I don't know if he holds it still. He should, because it was only Chris Masters he wrestled. Oh, yeah. Anyway. That's true. Uh, let's see. After that, we had the This Is Awesome moment of the year. Last year, I said Hammerstone wins the title. I probably should have given it to Stackhouse for all the cool shit he did last year. This year, I put Thunder Rosa becoming the AEW Women's Champion. That was awesome. It was, I think it was five days too late or three days too late. I don't think it should have been on that on the, the dynamite that they did it at. I understand why I get it. The anniversary, I think it would have had a bigger impactful meaning on a pay-per-view. And then everything that happened afterwards was a bummer in a lot of regards. Um, but that in that moment, I thought, thank God, Tony's going to do the right thing here and put, put that on, uh, on thunder. And then uh, I could not, I could not have underestimated enough the pettiness and cattiness that is the rest of the people in that locker room. So, so it did not ban out. Uh, and then, like you said, she got injured, and that was that was awful. So, um, yeah, that was the coolest thing I could think of. I was trying to think of other things that happened this year that was just flat out fucking rad. I had a really tough time with that, if I'm being honest. I wanted to say Roxanne winning the title, but I thought that wasn't fair. I can't be talking about Mandy and Roxanne over and over again. But they had a mark a marquee year this year. Who was your this is awesome moment of the year? It too. Because no, equally I can't decide which one I think was greater than the other, because I think they're both equal and um I would say the um the rise and fall of Philip J. Brooks. That was cool. That, that was, was pretty awesome. fucking awesome in my book. Um, yeah, that... When I got text messages from people saying, it looks like you've been right about CM Punk, huh? I was like, fuck yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think I said, I've been saying this since episode one. The 
the prequel will come out and y'all will know more but no i mean i that was beautiful i cried of laughter (laughs) like this guy he's really doing it yeah for you for out of the blue to go and and say that name over and over again out of the blue i'm like you're, you're fucking losing it and i'm loving every minute of it i'm loving every minute of it yeah you're just now solidifying everything that people who really know already knew yeah and you couldn't help yourself i loved it loved it that was like yeah best actor couldn't help himself to the degree that when when he was so puffy chested i'm i'm gonna fucking do it right here and uh and and goes for for nick hausman and nick just shuts him down so hard Phil mm-hmm. still just goes, well, fuck it. I'm going to do it anyways. I'm not. You're doing improv with Colton yeah. Band. Yeah, with Scott Colton. I'm like, what the fuck yeah. is this? What is this shit? And he's sitting there eating that muffin and then hearing about the story and, you know, the dog and Ace Steel biting Kenny Omega. And Kenny Omega, a couple weeks later, you saw him somewhere in, in a picture and he had a scar on his arm from bite marks. I mean, holy shit. This was like the best, like, this was like Korean dramas on TV. Yeah. Better than telenovelas. This was fucking Korean drama. And it was beautiful. Sometimes we didn't know what they were talking about. You couldn't understand the language, but you knew there was some juicy shit. And I think that that was the um, media scrum heard around the world. Yeah. And I like people call it Brawl for All. Uh, or Brawl no. Out. That's what they've been calling it because it was all out. They brawl out. All out. So funny. Yeah. But you know what? Here's the thing, though. You go back to it. It helped p- launch some people's careers a little further. Hi, Denise Salcedo. Because her positioning and being the one who recorded the whole thing and put it up. You go, girl. Doesn't mean you're good at what you do, but you go, girl. <laughs> but you um, get it. <laughs> you get it, you get you it girl. Yeah. And then I think the other part was knowing that, okay, if you know the Young Bucks, if anyone really knows those guys, are the nicest people you know their families like joyce and papa buck dude i mean they're such good people and for them to be kind of that violent we don't know what happened you know we weren't there but even in the dax interview he did say a lot of what he's heard has been half truths on both sides that he feels that what he knows from not being there but what he's been told he does feel like that nobody's telling the full story so it did you know, also that's going like to be true. Him. That's going to be true. Yeah. But yep. the only, the I want one day I'm waiting. This is why this is an awesome moment is I am waiting for the tell all book. I will buy it. I'll buy an audio book. I'd rather it, you know, whole, yeah, be audio. I, I, will, I will buy it. I'll whatever. I hard copy. I'll buy a fucking digital copy. I'll buy whatever. I'm already there. If there's some good quotes, I will put it on a t-shirt, rock that. Hell, I might even tattoo it on myself. But, I mean, there's so much about it. And still, the shrouded thing of mystery is there's three things with it. One, Tony Khan, how do you really feel now? You know? Yeah, I do. Don't give me your bug-eyed, cracked-out, whatever. Really, how do you feel? 
this man you spent a lot of money on, and I'm pretty sure some people probably advise you not to do it. Cody Rhodes, maybe. <clears throat> but I don't know. But you did it anyway. So that we know we'll, we'll never know. I, I want to find out myself. That's like yeah, my my know. mission before I die. I need to know the cabana side of that. The whole thing. Why didn't he what was his thoughts? Why didn't he say anything? And I'll I keep know. that to the chest. I want to know. I seriously want to know. And then the third with it is all right. We all know it's like who else was brought into that under that umbrella? Because we know obviously Ace Steel was, but who else was really in cahoots? Because it seems like FTR kind of is. And I'm pretty sure, like, oh yeah, we don't think everyone's telling the truth. I'm like, no, you guys believe in the book of Phil, so no. Yeah. But um definitely that was that this is awesome. That and the the rise of these epic uh on dynamite Ricky Stark promos instead of being on like dark or dark yeah. elevation or rampage. Yeah. That's been I a wish really it wasn't awesome like the last week. Mm-hmm. Jazz holes, that was great. You know. Yes. Um, the whole uh, looking like an air fryer, right. yeah, all of that. Because those were two. It's like hard to hard to pick, but I think equally, yeah, it's like you got to see the talent of this guy that have only been like saying over and over again. So, I think when I meet Cole, I'm going to print out a picture of him as the Brooklyn Brawler from Young Rock and have him sign that. Oh, why are you doing that? Because I liked him in that. Have him sign that. Oh, yeah, I have lots of things. <laughs> I'm not sending you like, it'll be a, did Amanda send you that? I'm like, yes. I probably have something yeah. in my Starcast stuff, if I'm being honest. But uh, Kiro does ask. Me? Yeah, no, there was stuff that's just like in the. I think there was like a little picture of him in there. He says, "Where's the, the ref of the year award?" And how many times can I vote for March? That Kiro says. Um, yeah, well, because the, we don't get a lot of new refs. For one. So it'd be like the same couple guys every year, or girls even. Like no. Jessica Carr and Aja Smith have been killing it this year. Yeah. But I can tell you it's the worst ref is. Yeah. I mean, time. it'd be easier to say what refs should go. You know what I mean? Edward. I don't. The, the, AEW has two don't talk, good refs. Don't talk shit about fucking goddamn senior referee, fucking Phil, uh, goddamn Paul Turner. That's why I said two, because we got Paul Turner and Stephen Smith. Yeah, the thing Stephen is, Smith is they're is both awesome. they're both completely fucked around by the company all the time. Mm-hmm. Phil or uh, Paul Turner looked like a total fucking doof in that. Uh, who was it that Britt Baker was involved in? Sheeta and Hater match. Mm-hmm. That made Paul look like yeah, a that was awful. Doof. I'm like, why are you doing that to Paul? What the fuck did yeah. he do? Okay, Assign and I will say, oh no, yeah, wait a minute. Yeah. Because Kuro does say worst ref of the year. I will say this. Last year, I would have given that to Aubrey. But this year, I would give it to Bryce. Bryce was way worse this year than... Mm. Way more obnoxious than Aubrey was this year. Yeah, but we don't see Bryce as much anymore, I've noticed. But when you see him, you see every fucking thing about him. Like, he yeah, is... But, oh, I forgot. And Aubrey's, like, third... toned it down because... No, she's toned she it down in not. a sense. The cameras don't, don't focus on her. They're trying not to. I know they're working around her now, which makes it a little easier. But I don't notice her as much because I'm not watching when she's out there. Probably most okay. of the time, if she's in a match, I, I won't watch it. So. There was one more. 
this is awesome oh, yeah. moment of the year when what? she got fucking punched in the face. Oh, that was great. Oh my oh. god, I rewound that and watched that so many times. It was the best moment yeah! ever. Uh, let's do match of the year. Who was your match of the year? <sighs> there were so many shitty things. There was, was a hard lot of bad matches. I had and, a tough time. Like it was hard to go back and think of what was a great match. There was um, even a number of great finishes to bad matches, and there was a number of great matches okay. with bad finishes. Because mm-hmm. there was even ones where it's like, I'd like to say Thunder Rosa winning the title. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I didn't love the match. I loved the ending. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's where it, it, was, it, it was tough. It yeah, it stuns me. I want to say that I really enjoyed Mandy and uh, Roxanne. Yeah. I did really. Um, I want to say that um, Carmelo and Wesley, it kept getting yeah. better and better. And yeah. that's where it was kind of that build up. It, it's hard to say, was it match of the year? You know, it, it, it's a, t- it's a toughie. Um, I don't, um, gosh, you know. Hmm. So I ended up going with Ricochet and Carmelo. Because on NXT, that was, we only got one. Mm-hmm. And it's enough for us to want more later. It had amazing spots that people are still showing GIFs of. Like, mm-hmm. it was a really impressive match by two dudes who you didn't think were going to under deliver to begin with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, but it was kind of the one I went for because like you said, Mandy and Roxanne was so good, but how much can I talk about Mandy and Roxanne? Um, I was having a hard time thinking of AEW matches that I really loved. Like I liked mm. a number of Ricky Starks matches. We still Swerve lost their glory. I think Swerve in Their Glory versus Starks and Hobbs was a pretty good one. Not the triple threat. Maybe. Actually, Maybe the triples. Are, I don't know. Mm. They were they were some good ones, but it should have, you know, there should have been more investment in that, I feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the other thing is that I was also having a hard time with some of them that was all these matches with no story. Like, I don't mean to beat on the guy at all, but like Dax Harwood's been really pushing to be wrestler of the year all year. And so he was been putting out lists of his matches as he has them. And now they're like all these banger matches. And you're right. Yeah. FTR and Briscoes are fucking been great a few times in a row. Yeah. But that doesn't it's make you been... wrestler of the year. For sure. But even then all of his, uh, all of his solo matches were just, he's like, he found out day of and went and did it and there was no story. And it's like, okay, it was a great match, but Okay. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like a bunch of matches without story isn't my thing, you know. So yeah, I went with Ricochet and Carmelo. I liked the story that they told there, and I like that there's more story to come. Um, but if I had to pick something that wasn't NXT, maybe one of the FTR Briscoe matches. I don't know which one. Not the They're third one. They're all like equal. They're all kind of equal. Yeah. Yeah, but what did you end up going for for match of the year? hard i mean i it's very difficult because there's a lot there was a lot of trash this year and things that you thought were going to be good really weren't but i'm gonna have to go with probably i will go 
with that um, that triple threat that was Hobbs and Starks and Swerve in Our Glory and mm. um, yeah, and that's probably the the one. Other than that, there really there really wasn't anything. There really wasn't anything else. No. You know, that wasn't. Oh, but oh. To take it to NXT in a different way, I loved uh, the that lights out with um, Wendy Chu and Tiffany Stratton. Was really that was good. great. That was a great mm -hmm. one. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a really good one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, female superstar of the year. I don't think it's going to be a surprise. I've been telling you, I've been trying to avoid it all night, but mm -hmm. I went with Mandy Rose. I think what she mm -hmm. did for NXT and what she did yep. for Roxanne and what she did for herself is all commendable in every way. You, know? you go make more money cutting nasty photos of yourself. You go, girl. I know. Yeah, get it. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. one of those things where it's like I can't even be like mad at it. Where you just go like, I mean, I guess mm -hmm. she's if she's making half a million in a week, like, yeah, I'd be hard pressed <laughs> to tell any of my friends not to do the same thing. You know what oh, I mean? If my friends are all more. like, hey, I could. Yeah, if they're like, hey, yeah, show more. <laughs> like, yeah, show more. Five hundred grand in one week. Well, then do more the, of that than. What do you? Yeah. Why aren't you more explicit yet? Like, come on, yeah. the money is there. They want to give it to you. Like, mm -hmm. like, yeah, I can't. Knock have any different of that tiers. Stuff. Have a certain yeah. level, and if people really want to pay, you make them really pay. Yeah, make you it know? like a come Patreon. On. Yeah, come on. Uh, so yeah, it's and and then yeah. yeah, I thought she did an amazing job um, representing mm -hmm. the brand when she was there, and I thought yeah. that the way that she, the way she did it for Roxanne. So fucking good. So Mandy Rose, my female superstar of the year, mm -hmm. and also a tears in our beers, not because she's dead, but because she's not going to be on our screen wrestling every week. Um, and that's sad. That's sad because I felt like this was really her year. And I thought it was honestly yep. the beginning of a better year. You know, I thought mm -hmm. the next year would be a, a big lot year. It's like drinking an alcoholic yep. guava. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, who was your female superstar of the year? Mandy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there, yeah. you know, it's hard to really say. Like, if Thunder, if she didn't get in, a little more, yeah, she would be up there with Mandy. But still, even Mandy kind of really surpassed her. If I were to pick anyone from a W, um, I would say Mox. Mox really stepped female. up. Female. Oh, for the females, uh, Jamie Hader. I would say this was her year. Yeah. Or I'd really go with Tony, I think a little more so, because that was you know you're you're coming in doing Tony some awesome work, spot. but you're also this interim thing, and you're kind of now taking over for this woman who's very beloved by yeah. the fan base. And that's difficult. That's true. Yeah, so. she was put in a real tough spot. Yeah, and I didn't know um, Mox was a woman. <laughs> Well, he's that bitch. Uh, let's see. Male superstar of the year. Uh, I did it as kind of a Homer thing. Um, but to be honest, I think that the one male who really upped his stock more than anybody else in the singular year was Ricky. I think Ricky Starks made himself by the end of the year more valuable than he was at the beginning of the year. And I felt like everyone else kept their place. They kept their spot. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't think that that's an easy thing to do on either front. It's just to say that I think 
Ricky given the opportunity and running with it the way he did really made him shine by the end of the year. Like you said, by the end of his year, people thought MJF should have lost his first defense. When all people thought coming into AEW as a company is how long till we get MJF as the champion and MJF should be the champion. MJF should be the champion. The second he wins the championship, everyone says long may he reign. Then Ricky Stark shows up, cuts a couple promos, and people go, I don't know. Maybe not. Like He turned three years of build on a dime because of what he was able to do. And so, so for me, male superstar of the year in this world, I'm giving it to Ricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, there too. He, he's probably, not to make him number one, like, oh, man, no, no. I mean, he's basically taken a lot of bullshit and stupid shit, some really shitty matches and whatnot. To where he is right now. Like, yo, you know. Yeah, you can't you can't deny that. You can't. He has shitty t-shirts and he needs to go back to designing his own shit. Because I'm sorry, the new shirt that came out. Shitty. Shitty. Um so I think him and the other one I really want to say um would be Claudio because Claudio came in and I think Claudio had a lot to prove you know I think more so than because when he came in obviously there's Punk there's Phil obviously Mox has been there Daniel Bryanson he had a lot to prove and I think that he did it and did not and wasn't pushed into the shadows and I think that of any of those signees, he's the one who really shined. So that's interesting obviously. because the reason I didn't put him there was because I thought that he didn't have much to prove and that he stayed exactly where he was in WWE. Claudio showed up in mm. WWE. Like, as a matter of fact, Claudio had a shot against Roman Reigns before he left. They even made a championship package toy that you can still get in Walmart. I've seen where it's Cesaro and Roman Reigns with the universal title between them. Now mm. you have Claudio mid-carding it up in tag team matches and losing to Jericho with the Ring of Honor championship just so they could say they put the World Heavyweight Championship on Claudio for two weeks. Mm, he and he'll probably win it back probably yeah oh yeah he won it back right yeah what do you oh, yeah smoking. he went with that he stupid went... swing yeah he won it back yeah. and so now he's going to go to ring of honor he's just top of the mid card again he's basically got an intercontinental championship i don't i thought that he hasn't stepped up the way i wish that he that i know he could but I also he... feel a lot of that's the fault of the booking i feel like he's not booked the to booking, be but then too. also you know he has to he's playing shadow to fucking mox and that stupid black they got to get rid of that since obviously Regal's gone. Yeah, they got to dump the name. But at the same time, he he's not to... having drastically different matches than he had in WWE. He's having the same matches, doing the same but stuff. But they're consistent, though. They're great. They're making other people look better. Yes, they're they're great. They're awesome. But they are exactly mm-hmm. on par with where, what he was doing before. Well, and I didn't he was watch awesome them then. WWE. Yep. That's true. That's be That's fair. True. So That's true. to me, yeah. I mean, that could have been the same bullshit. Yeah. 
Because I already not, know, it's like, not bullshit necessarily. It's all good. Well, yeah, but he's always been super you know, like, good. Yeah, but he's also well, still just me, the same good. Yeah. Tomorrow, John Cena, it same old, same old John with a smaller butt. I'm hoping not, but you know, whatever. But I actually, um, last night my match of the year is going to be the match that's tomorrow on SmackDown. I said match of the year: John Cena and Kevin Owens against Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn. That's gonna be Sammy great. Uso. It's gonna be amazing. Mm-hmm. That's gonna be amazingly great. I mean, who doesn't love fucking John Cena? You admit yep. everyone loves John Cena. I do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, who I do. Your I mean, superstar of the year, all encompassing. Just this was their year, if nobody else's year. This was hard mm. because the person who I picked, I think. Rode this wave of continual awesomeness in whatever he does. And I went with Madonna. Cardona? Mm-hmm. Because all around what he's what he does, it's yeah. still all it's still it from his appearances in GCW to you know. When he was, it, it, he's he's still on impact every once in a blue moon, right? Because I know Myers just signed again. Yeah, yeah. So I think with him, I mean, his life outside of wrestling that has to do with wrestling, all the figures. Um, that's yeah, killer. no one, like, that's no been one killer. gave me an email that said they bought me the Colt Cabana Major yeah. Bendy. That's some bullshit. I want it. God damn it. <clears throat> And the Janela one when that comes out too, because that one looked really good. Yeah. But I think that he's one of those ones who he fucking got on the fucking number 13 on the fucking PWI 500. What the That's fuck? True. True. You know, who would have thought? Yeah. I mean, he's been everywhere. I think he is the one person that Tony Khan really fucking, that was a big mistake. That little yep. run. Yeah. And I think that even Cardona kind of, I think that he kind of probably looked at it like, well, if you don't want me, well, fuck you. I'm just going to go do my thing. And he sure did. Yep. He showed up everywhere and it was amazing. I was hoping that he would have been put on Bola this year. I was really oh, hoping for that. That would have been great. <laughs> that uh, would have been his just desserts. Just give him Bola. Not You don't have to win it. Just have him at Bola. Yeah. Because he earned that kind of shit. Uh, for me, what I did, I mean, it's uh, it's obvious. We've been talking about it the whole time. Uh, Roxanne Perez, this was her year. She started the year as Ring of Honor Women's Champion, ending the year as NXT Women's Champion. I mean, who else has done anything like that? Who else has shown up in NXT and just risen to the top of it in that way? Apart from like Braun Breaker, you know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I just don't know that any single woman hasn't debuted and ended the year stronger than Roxanne has and even made her appearance on SmackDown teaming with Raquel and Shotzi against damage control and did not for one second or move seem out of place. Mm-hmm. She's ready for the main roster, but at the same time, if you want to put that title on her for the next year, year and a half, make something out of it. She's still mm-hmm. baby. She is a baby. She's like, what? 20. She 21 mm-hmm. yet. She just turned 21. She did, yeah, because I mean, when she won, they someone made a comment to her about having a drink 
that's what it was bailey did on uh on her uh, uh christmas fundraiser thing she interviewed she brought up roxanne and uh you know said hey did you have a drink and then she goes wait are you 21 she goes yeah i was like okay did you have a drink to celebrate you know what i mean uh mm-hmm. but she just turned 21 you know what i mean so you could theoretically you've got time you can keep her down there for another year and it's not gonna hurt her career long time uh kira says anthony green's now signed to impact um but yeah, that was uh, that was my uh, my list. Uh, would you like to do uh, an honorary shucky shucky quack quack uh, moment of the year? What entails a shucky shucky quack quack moment of the year? I have no idea what shucky ducky quack quack means or why he says it when he says it. But I'll give it to the Booker T. Roxanne interview. That was shucky ducky yeah. quack, quack quack. If quack. I ever seen it. Hmm. Yep. And um, you want a yam bag moment of the year? Because that was Taz's favorite uh, thing to say. I'd say the yam bag moment of the year will have to go to I'd say um, I'll have to say um, I'm going to give it to uh, uh, why am I blanking on his name? I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, which am I call it's Grim Reaper? QVC guy. Alex Abrahantes. Oh, yeah. 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 That's a kick in the balls. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, that uh, really was. <laughs> anything else you want to throw out there before we go ahead and wrap up these uh, these annual boozies? Any honorary mentions you feel like we didn't mention, but they did well? Um. I think one of the honorary mentions is um, these um, vignettes that have been. Um, there's a lot of been a lot of really good vignettes on AEW this year. There has yeah. has the black has some excellent ones. Um, the whole Will Hobbs Oakland story has been. I'm not. I'm kind of partial to that because yeah, that's my home. People are like, oh man, they filmed that in LA. I go, that's fucking Oakland. I'm sorry, yeah. LA ain't ghetto. This was in fucking Compton, nineteen ninety-two. Come on now, people. Yeah. Oakland is still Oakland. Gentrified, yes, but there are parts of Oakland that still look like that. They did a great job with that. Um, and then every once in a while, you get these surprising other little vignettes. So, I'd say that those two are probably the ones that stand out. So, definitely yeah. honorable mention. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and honorable mention to a. Uh, Joey Janela, all around. That's true. Um, he's basically reinvented himself. The guy's yeah. fucking got a fucking six pack. I don't even know who this man is. The guy's in the best shape of his life, and he's doing great fucking things. Basically, yeah. it's a big middle finger to Tony Khan, and I think it's great. Um, Spring Break is going to be amazing this year. I hope yeah. we see Stackhouse on both shows. Yeah, I'm expecting to see a lot of Stackhouse. That's why. Mania week for um, the collective that that's where I'm pretty much going to be. I would like to go maybe to access. So see Cameron Grimes or, you know, Elena or some of the NXT people, if I can get enough money, because I know they're going to be really expensive is I want a very good seat. I would do takeover with a very expensive seat. I would do that yeah, because I've never been to one. And this round of NXT people is fucking amazing. Cool. And I think it's worth every penny. Yeah. 
I agree. I yep. agree. And we'll be back next year. See, see you next year. <laughs> right here in the die bar of the episode one. You couldn't resist. I had to. I had to close out the year. Hey, with wait, a blast. so that should be an award. The fart gun award. The shit my that pants should... award. Yep. Yeah, that goes to Jericho that for to? sure. For sure, that's a Jericho. I do just a bet every time. Or you would. You know, I've seen some people say. I mean, I mean, Phil literally shit his pants, but. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people talk about, um, and even Ricky uh, alluded to it, that, that Jericho's a clout vampire and that some people are saying that, that Jericho gets on people while they're hot and uh, tries to ride that heat until there is none, effectively. And I was thinking about it, and what if it's the opposite? What if it's not what we think? What if it's that they're hot and it's not that... Jericho's in a program with them until they cool off, but just the act of being in a program with Jericho cools you off. There's no heat to being in a program with Jericho because no one cares. No one. Well, and it does nothing for anybody. I can answer. That's the thing that cools you off. Go ahead. When you have a program with Jericho, you usually are fed to the goon squad. Mm-hmm. The, the the jazz holes yeah or whatever um and this time he hasn't been Ricky hasn't been thrown to them no um they tried to you know but they not you don't get like all these tons of matches until you get to like the final boss it wasn't like a street fighter game because exactly. every one of those Jericho programs, it's like playing Street Fighter. Like, yep. In order to get to Jericho or M. Bison, you got to fight all these other dudes, you yep. know, and we, you don't see that. So I think that this time it's a little different because yeah. remember when Phil shit the bed, Jericho was stepping up. Two mm -hmm. people were stepping up, Mox and him. Yep. And I don't know if, I don't think that they're smart enough. And when I say they, I mean Tony Khan. I don't think he's smart enough to think in this manner. And if he is, then, whoa, he must be on like some hallucinogen or something. But yeah. I think that this is done. It's been done so far a little different. Yeah, um, I think so too. And, and think there's a lot riding on it, not just because of Ricky, but I also feel it's very, very interesting that that's the main event instead of a Brian Danielson match. Mm -hmm. That shocks me. So, you know, this is a whole different spin on it than we'd seen before. Yeah. Will it cool Ricky off? No, I don't think so. But I people think it are going to want. But yeah, it's going to depend. But people really, honestly, if he loses again, where do you go? You can't be this lovable loser, because mm -hmm. you're always going gonna... to be the bridesmaid. You're never going to be the bride. And mm -hmm. you know, obviously, there's that agenda with MJF and Ethan Page. They're going back to that. I think that's kind of weak sauce. 
compared to what they could have had. And let me tell you, they would have had a lot, I think there would be been a lot invested. I think now Jazzwares needs to make a talking Ricky Starks doll. If you're not going to give me fashion doll Ricky Starks and his like Carl Lagerfeld shirts and Gucci loafers, then goddamn give me a doll that talks. Like you push the little thing and he talks. That would be so great. But you know, who am I? Who am I? I'm just I have money ideas at the yin yang. But I think that if it's done right and he does beat Jericho, then there'll be two big things. That will mean that we'll probably get on the boat, probably get a really good match that none of y'all will ever see, except some if someone films it, which I might. Uh -huh. Or um it's gonna be he's gonna get fed to all those dudes. In, I hope none of them interfere because a Sammy, a Daniel Garcia, all those guys, you've had your moment in the sun with AEW. Ricky really hasn't. Let, let him have the fucking moment. Let him either rise to the occasion or fail. And then you can go from there. Because this, these are becoming his last shots. People love him on the mic. But if you keep having him lose, there's only so much his mouth can do. Yep, yep. And, but he needs to get away from trunks. If that's the worst gear of the year, that's the worst. The white trunks got to go. Hmm. The diaper. All right. Well, that's Miss Amanda Jane with the Y. I'm at Ref Marsh. We are at WOTR, the show. We will be back next year for a brand new episode one right here in the dive bar of the IWC. That's the last call. Cheers. Hey, producer lady here. Thanks for tuning in. Continue to support us or buy us a drink by following and putting the I and subscribe on Twitch. Or subscribe and review our podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Cheers. I would never have a drink with wrestling on the rocks.